0: Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. So my girl's laugh at me sometimes because I kind of like to blame them for things at times that are totally my fault. I, I talked last week about playing cards with my two oldest girls, and one of the things that... I gotta be honest with you, that I feel guiltiest about is when I beat them in a card game, uh, I pretty much, I kind of take the attitude of like, yeah, I dominated you. I strategically did all the right moves. I was outstanding. Um, and then I, if they win, I actually say things like, man, you're so lucky. You got all the right cards at exactly the right moments. There's, there was absolutely no skill involved whatsoever in what you just did. Here's the thing. You probably think that I'm actually making that up just to tell a good story. Sadly, I'm not. I blame my losses on my kids' good luck while I take all the credit for my own wins. Placing blame on others for our mess-ups, it goes back a long ways. Um, it's actually tied up closely with the very first sin that ever is recorded. Uh, you might remember it: Adam and Eve. They were told not to eat from the, the fruit from one of the trees in the garden that they were living in and when they did both adam and eve's reaction was to place blame on the other listen to what they said when when god asked them if they had eaten from the tree in genesis 3 12 and 13 it says uh, the man said the woman you put here with me she gave me some fruit from the tree and i ate it and the lord god said to the woman what is this you've done and the woman said the serpent deceived me and i ate adam immediately blames the woman you know if that's how he's referring to his wife most of the time dude doesn't have a good life (laughs) like he's probably not doing well at home and eve immediately blames the serpent and right there that is human nature to the core and we're not we're not getting any better i don't think does anybody feel as though we're digging deeper into this culture of blaming others for our shortcomings Every day it seems as though less and less people stand up and take responsibility for where they're at in life. It's always somebody else's fault for why I'm not where I want to be. As we continue right now to look into James chapter one today, James is going to open our eyes, I think, to part of the answer to the thing that he's been trying to help us learn through this whole chapter. This chapter has been predominantly about one thing, learning to persevere under trials. He said it's going to take wisdom to persevere. He said that part of that wisdom is not letting yourself get too high or too low in life. Letting the good news about Jesus kind of keep you walking on this even keel path. And today, he's got one more piece of wisdom for us that I think can help us to persevere in life. uh, That really a life that's filled with trials. It's filled with trials. Uh, But James 1 12 through 15 says this Blessed is one who perseveres under trial because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Let me ask you something real quick. Think it back to the story of original sin. Is it true that if Eve wouldn't have handed Adam that piece of fruit, might he not have eaten from that tree? Sure. And is it true that if the serpent hadn't spoken deceitfulness into Eve's heart, um, might she not have taken the fruit and eaten it herself? Sure. Like, both of those things might have happened, but in the end, did it matter? Did the one that each was blaming truly bear the responsibility for the other's sin? No. Like, they were guilty of their own sin. And so let's be honest about something. Life is not fair for most of us. In some way or another, you've been dealt a raw deal. You weren't born with the good looks of a George Clooney or a Halle Berry. You weren't born with an angelic singing voice of an Adele or the majestic talking voice of a Morgan Freeman. I'm telling you, that dude could put me asleep every night. Uh, best voice of all time. Uh, one of my good friends since first grade, he has a son who was born without a right hand. Uh, he has just one digit on that right hand. And you know what, the kid rocks. Like, he plays sports, he's a kind kid, he lives life with joy. He absolutely has has not played the blame game. He hasn't let that one thing in his life set him back. There are real things present in this world that might cause one person an unfair disadvantage. And you know what? That stinks. See, I was born into a family that follows Jesus first, whose parents are still married after almost 50 years together. On the other hand, though, I've ministered to young people who they don't live with either of their parents. They've lived with a grandparent, maybe. They've lived with a family member who is inebriated more often than not. And still that kid is expected to function in this world at the same level, level that I was. That's not fair. Like, it's okay to say that. Life is full of things that are unfair, but we all have some unfair somewhere along the way in our life. And hear this, it should be the aim for all of us to help alleviate any and all unfairness for others whenever we have the ability to do that. But strictly speaking, the unfairness of your life does not take away the personal responsibility you hold to live to a certain standard. And I read, I read about a true story this past week that I think kind of puts this whole idea into perspective. And frankly, the story kind of inspired me. And I, Partly because of that I wanted to share with you, but I, do, I think it really applies to what we're talking about today. So this story, is, it's about a, a captain of a United Airlines flight on the night of February 24th, 1989. And dude's name was David Cronin and he was piloting Flight 811 as it took off from Honolulu on its way to New Zealand. Now the 747 had climbed to about 22,000 feet when the forward cargo door of the jet, it just blew open. And it tore this huge hole in the side of the plane. Nine passengers were immediately killed as they were just sucked out of the plane altogether. Uh, the two right engines were damaged by flying debris, and so they had to be shut down. And the plane at this point was it was a hundred miles from land. And so I want to stop you right there, though. If you were Captain Cronin, what's going through your mind? Now I'm thinking a lot of us. Even with training, I'm not sure that we keep our heads about us in this situation. I'm pretty sure I'd be throwing blame around wherever I possibly could throw it around. Anything to keep me from the responsibility of having to keep these hundreds of lives safe on board. Be, I'm sure I'd be thinking like, who didn't, who didn't latch the door correctly? Or God, why would you let this large hole open up in my plane? I'm going to die and so many people are going to die and I can't do anything about it there would have been some blame going around. And and why would I do that? To keep me from having to take on any real responsibility for the people in that plane. If that plane had gone down that night, do you think there's anyone that would have put the blame on that pilot? I really don't think, like that plane goes down, that was a mechanical failure all the way where no amount of training would have adequately trained a pilot for. But here's what Captain Cronin said he did. When he was asked about what his thoughts were in the immediate moments after they lost that door and there's this big hole in the plane, he said this. He said, I said a prayer for my passengers momentarily and then got back to business. So listen to what he did. I absolutely love what what the story is about what he did in this situation. To compensate for the lack of thrust from the two right engines that had gone kaputs, he struggled to hold the, the, the control column steady with his hands while using his feet to put pressure on the control floor rudder to stabilize the plane. And now his stickiest problem, though, was deciding how fast to fly the plane. He slowed the plane down as close to the stall speed as possible as, as, so that he could keep this air rushing over the plane f- so that it wouldn't further widen this hole in the fuselage. And because the, the hole had changed the aerodynamics of this huge craft. Um, the usual data regarding the stall speed it wasn't relevant anymore. The pilot, knowing this, had to use his best estimate that he possibly could. Furthermore, since the plane had just taken on 300,000 pounds of fuel for the long flight, it was too heavy to land. Uh, it was going to collapse its landing gear and so then he encountered a new problem the, the wing flaps used to slow down the plane they weren't working properly. He would have had to land the plane at 195 miles an hour compared to the normal speed of 170 miles an hour. The jet weighed 610,000 pounds, well above Boeing's recommended maximum stress load of 564,000 pounds. So nevertheless, Captain Cronin made one of the smoothest landings that the rest of that crew could ever remember, amid cheers from the passengers. Airline experts called this landing absolutely miraculous. Now, instead of using the excuse that he found himself in, this impossible situation, Captain Cronin took the wisdom that he had obtained from 38 years of flying planes, and he found a way to land the plane. He had been put in a trial. Absolutely no good would have ever come from him crying about the predicament that he found himself in. He stepped up, he took responsibility for what he could legitimately take responsibility for, and he made something good happen because of it. Now in the passage from James that we're looking at today, James alludes to two inevitabilities in our lives. Number one, trials are going to come your way. Number two, you get to decide if you're going to be taken off course or not. Now, now some of you might be thinking like, Kellen, that doesn't sound, this doesn't sound very gospel-y of you. Uh, sounds like you're making uh, James, James to say that like, I'm in control of my destiny instead of Jesus being in control. You're making it sound like that what I do matters that rather than what Jesus did for me, Mattering. Doesn't seem quite like you're sharing the gospel with us. But I want to remind you something uh, that James' James' book here, it's all about him trying to tell us what we can do to live life right. Living right or not living right, it doesn't assure our right standing with God. What Jesus did on the cross for us, uh, but us buying into his sacrifice on the cross, that alone is what gives you your right standing with God. But James wants more for us than just a right standing with God. He wants us to be able to stay on, the, on course through every single trial. He wants for us to make it through the trials in life, not just get to heaven when we die. If you're living just to get to heaven, then you might not actually really be living for Jesus. Sorry to say it, like living for Jesus is about living in submission to him. And that's really what James is trying to teach us. And so uh, you're never going to act your way into salvation, but you sure can act your way into pain and destruction. And that's what James is trying to prevent for us. Uh, Frankly, James wants you and I to to learn not to be our worst, our own worst enemy. And so there's two things here that I think this passage is really, really clear on. The first thing is this, quit blaming someone or something for what you've allowed to take you off course. Quit blaming people. Verse 13 says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. I want to put this in in plain language and make it super easy for you to understand. Don't play the blame game. The blame game, it's an easy one for us to play. We've talked about it already, like, but blame doesn't get you anywhere good. It only ever sets you back from where you could be going. I doubt that many of you have ever actually been in the place where you've been like, man, God is tempting me. He's put all these images in front of me that, that are tempting me. It's all his fault that I'm doing what I'm doing. Now, we maybe don't do that, but we are pros at blaming someone or something for our struggles. Now, you want a real simple one that we do? How about the sin of gluttony, excessive eating? Well, how was I supposed to not gain weight at Christmas? Grandma made her famous Christmas pie. I'd be a jerk not to eat it. In fact, she'd be so hurt, it might send her to her grave. So I did a good thing eating that pie. So in other words, it's grandma's fault that you ate her whole pie in 20 minutes. That's the blame game. Or this way, maybe maybe we say, well, of course I was gonna gain weight during lockdown. I had to stock up on food for a full year just in case i couldn't leave the house and then i didn't have room to store it all and i didn't want it to go to waste so i had to eat it all and and then my gym was closed Uh, and sure i didn't have a membership there for like five years but i couldn't have gone if i wanted to so like i i was gonna i had no choice i was gonna gain weight And i'm telling you we're pros at blaming others for our problems Blaming something for our problems. And when we blame someone other than ourselves, we will never see improvement in our lives. But think about Captain Cronin. He didn't blame anyone for the hole in his plane. He took on the responsibility that only he could do anything to make that situation work out. He alone was responsible for the people in that plane. So he said a prayer for them, and then he got to work. And likewise, only you are responsible for what is tempting you. No one else is to blame. You have to work through the situation. Say a prayer and get to work. Jesus isn't going to just lift you out of your problems and lift those problems away without you taking on some amount of responsibility, because frankly, he didn't put your problems on you. The sooner that you stop playing the blame game for your struggles, for your problems, for your temptations, the sooner that you can get to work on seeing those situations improve. And now the next few verses in this passage, they're really the crux of the passage. Um, This is where we get the real meat of what this message is trying, what James really is trying to get across to us on how to not be our own worst enemy. And so here it is, verses 14 and 15. James says each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, that gives birth to death. James first told us that we need to stop playing the blame game. And now here's what he's telling us. The second thing is you're going to have evil desires. Your only hope of escaping its destruction is running to Jesus. You're gonna have evil desires, you gotta run to Jesus. So, follow Jesus to victory. That's really the easiest way to put it. In your evil desires, you gotta stay close to Jesus. Letting go for a moment can and probably will reap destruction in your life. You're gonna have evil desires. There's just no way around that, but it's up to you whether or not you're gonna let those evil desires take root in your life. Well, it's up to you to not let that evil take root in you You're not actually left all alone in this flight. You hold responsibility, but you're not left all alone. Jesus said that he was gonna go away so that the Father could send us a helper. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. And so here's what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit in John 14, 26. He says, but the Father will send the friend in my name to help you. The friend is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things. He will remind you of everything that I've said to you. You always have a helper whether you think it or not. And you have an advocate who's waiting to help you. That's why there's no excuse for us. There's no excuse to finding yourself constantly being pulled away into your temptations. Temptations exist because our human nature is full of desires that can be fulfilled in a world gone wrong. We can fulfill those desires in all the wrong ways. But those desires are often actually good things that are just met in the wrong places. I have desire for things that taste good. I'm learning what tasty things I can eat and what I can't eat. I love gummy candies. I always have, but red dye number 40 doesn't sit too well in this body of mine. Those things, those those gummy candies, they still can be a temptation because the taste is a good thing, but there's other things out there that taste good that don't make me feel like junk. Part of the Holy Spirit's job is to help steer us away from the desires that will hurt us and to steer us toward desires that will benefit us. You're human. Like James is clear that you are going to experience temptation. Temptation entices those unchecked evil desires in us. Unchecked evil desires lead to sin and eventually what happens is sin develops into spiritual death. Even when we are saved by the grace of Jesus, if we let sin in, death will find a hold on us in some way. We still may be on our way to heaven because of our faith, but it's going to be a long and broken road if sin is just allowed free reign. And so before you go today, I want you to stop and ask yourself whether or not you've let evil desire take root in your heart. Has that desire led to sin? Understand that it's no different than playing with fire. Sin is spiritual fire. It brings death. And now maybe you say, Kellen, I'm I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Yeah, that might be so. But what death might be playing out in your life because of sin that's already been forgiven? Just because Jesus might grant you forgiveness is no reason not to seek an end to the effects that sin gives birth to. Sin is always going to bring consequences, some type of death in your life. And you will always do better to cut off the desire of that sin for that sin at the conception point of temptation. Here's what I'm saying. Don't wait. It's not about being a religious elitist and having to be perfect. It's about cutting off some type of death in your life. Do you need to stop playing the blame game for something in you today? Is there evil desire in your heart that you need to run to Jesus with? That desire is a door that has to be closed so tightly that there is no chance of it ever coming through again. And let's face it, you can't close that door on your own. You might be responsible for the temptation, but you can't close that temptation off all on your own. You need Jesus today. You need the Holy Spirit. As I close us in prayer today, maybe it'd be right for you to ask Jesus to help you overcome the evil desire that that's maybe been getting you off the right path today. Why don't you pray with me as we close? Lord, I thank you so much that that you give us a helper, that you give us an advocate. Um, Lord, sin is a part of our lives. Temptation is a part of our lives. Evil desire lurks within us every single moment of every single day. But God, you give us the help. God, help us not to blame anybody else for the things that we struggle with. Uh, Help us to take responsibility on ourselves and to to join hands with you and say, God, I need your help in this. I am at fault. There's evil desire in me. I need you to help me through it. And God, I pray that you'd give us that help. We absolutely 100% need your help today. We don't want to live in sin. We don't want the destruction uh, that sin brings with it in our lives. God, I pray that you'd bring us freedom today in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.